0: All right, so here I am, folks. This is a, it's a December. When, when you're hearing this, will be probably much after this, but it's December 26th when I'm recording this. I think in Canada, it's Boxing Day. I don't know about in the UK if it's Boxing Day in the UK. I don't know. Do they call it Pajama Day in the US? Like, like most of the time, like today, it's weird because it's a Monday. And I get, like, uh, I guess I'll get in, this will be a meandering uh, to t- talking episode <laughs> as opposed to all the other ones, but you know, I, I actually had the day off of work and, uh, so, but, but I, I got, so I could catch up some podcast work, but it really should be pajama day. Like, I guess, like, uh, I don't know, I think a lot of people may be doing things. I'm, 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 I'm still in, I in. I'm in my, uh like a, a sweatpants and a sweatshirt myself, and it was nice. I really liked having Christmas Eve on a Saturday uh, because that meant I didn't have to go into work, so I was able to get uh, some stuff. Actually, this, was, I'm, and this might seem like I was able to wrap presents for the first time, not at like 2 in the afternoon on Christmas Day or be like, could you please wrap these presents for me? I think, no, I think that's not true. I think it's the first time I've wrapped presents before. night you fell on Christmas Eve, uh, but anyway, Christmas is past, so we don't like. I don't want to get too caught up in this because this will be removed. But I just wanted to give you a sense of where I'm at. And I know, like, uh, I don't know how many people are new and how many people are listening. <laughs> I don't know why that was. I don't think that was a Freudian slip, but that's actually true. Like. uh how many people are listening play video games or have interactions with video games or have heard my conversations about it. I don't even know if it's a, I guess video game is still the right console game, I think is what they're calling it now. No, because then if you played it on a PC uh, but it would, or a gamer, I guess you could be a gamer. But this episode, I think, is going to be about my relationship with video games because as we do this, I'm very distracted. I mean and actually I'm right I'm in the moment right now, but uh there's a part of me like I'm definitely at a crossroads here and I don't like uh we'll see how it turns out. Uh because it's like uh, it, for the holidays uh, so I don't know if everybody knows Like so I have a nine year old daughter and her name is Sophia and she lives with me part of like a co parent with her mom and so she lives with me half the time, and for for this, like, we started playing the Wii for a while, Sophia and I, and it was like a bonding time, and then she said, Daddy, she said, my friends have this Xbox One, and I want an Xbox, and we sat down, and we talked about it, because I said, well, Santa can't bring an Xbox, because that's like a... You know, it's a little bit pricey, and I said it. I said actually, like it's more. You know, so it would have to be some sort of dual gift, and you know, we had a parent kid talk about it, and that was one layer. Like, if we want to dig into, I don't know if this is subtext or just peeling back the onion. So we have a parent and their child talking about, uh, like, uh, the child wants a video game console. And so you got to like figure out how you're going to pay for it. And then, you know, is this too much of a gift? Yeah. In my opinion, yes. But then we, you know, we solved these things. And it was also like, well, geez, are you sure this is what you want? Cause this is probably you know, the, the other gift. Let me just like, I don't want to brag on like my gift giving ability, but it's pretty good. Some when I sometimes, and also with my daughter's listening, like, so I talked to Santa, uh, and I said, "I said, you know, because I had, I said, like, uh, I, I Colossus, like, what am I going to do about this?' And then we, we, we brainstormed another gift idea, which is Archie Double Digest. I don't know how many people are familiar with the Archie comics. I'm not. I don't read Archie. They did a relaunch it. Mark Wade, the brilliant, the, the, the genius." Uh, uh, did the first, i don't know if, they're, if 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 that team's doing all the issues or they just did the first one but i do read some comic books uh do, like right now i'm just reading a couple um one by well never mind, i don't want to get into it but uh, check out captain kid that's one one but um what was i saying so my daughter's other gift from santa claus is uh Archie Double Digest a week for, a, every week for a year, a new one. Well, uh, you know, like, uh, history, Like I don't know, she likes reading Archie Double digests, you know, or Jughead or Little Archie or Betty and Veronica. I don't think I've ever, like, I don't have anything against it. Well, I do. Like, there's something about, the, like, uh, I guess this is something you should know about me if we're going to, if you're going to spend this time with me. Something about the 1950s and me, we don't get along internally. And it's not an aesthetic thing or... And I don't like, I associate Archie with the 1950s. Unfortunately, I do. And I liked Happy Days, so I don't know when it went wrong or how it went wrong. You know, maybe something happened during a Happy Days marathon. But it's not like a matter of, like, a, oh, like, I just... This like... It's not actually a conscious thing. It's something on some level of my being. Maybe my DNA is like uh, the 1950s and me, we don't mesh. So that's why I don't read Archie. Uh, And I don't know you'll say. Well, Archie's about the 1960s. And I'll say, oh, sorry. Well, um, also me and and reality don't mesh, clearly. So the Xbox was a Christmas gift. But then I said, okay, well... I've been thinking, like, I've been, I'd already been looking into other ways to expand the podcast, uh, without kind of creating a new workflow, uh, to, to get people knowing about the podcast or, and I thought about Twitch and I said, oh, well, maybe, like, I'd, like, looked at starting a Twitch channel and maybe, I, I don't know, at the time you listen to this, maybe we're in business now. Uh, but I don't know, maybe I didn't do anything, but I like before, like a couple months ago, I had looked at it and, and they weren't allowing non-gaming content, but I had I, like, uh, I've had an, a, like a desire for a while to mesh the podcast with video gaming somehow. And so they said, well, this, if I get this Xbox and part of it could be trying to figure out what that means and what that would be like. And actually, as I tell you this, like, I've kind of got a little bit better idea, but I don't know any of the mechanics of creating Twitch content when I'm recording this. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, I am. Uh, Because I know, I think I know the first video I would do, the first gameplay video, which would be just, like, Sleep With Me, like a live video game edition, and I don't think that content would make it to the podcast uh, feed, but it, like I don't know, we'll see. Like again, I don't know at this time. And one of the big issues is this whole Xbox thing, or I guess I should say video games in in general. So let's see, where do we? Let me finish explaining here. You think that's it though? So saying it did bring, or I know, I, I guess I brought. I, I don't know. So. I have an Xbox one, the slim white one. And for me, like, uh, the, if you've been listening to podcasts podcast for, okay, well, let me, oh, let me like set this up too. I don't need to be like, if you're listening to this and you play video games or you're a gamer, like, I think this will be like, uh, it'll make sen- a lot of sense to you. If you don't play video games, maybe view this metaphorically or relatable. Uh, But this may come across like a little bit, Uh, I mean, this will be like really uh vulnerable in a different way because you say vulnerable about video games, you know, but I'm going to touch on addiction and obsession and stuff like that. And, but it's not really a cry, cry for help or anything like uh, these are things I've like uh, been dealing with for a long time. Uh, so maybe like if you don't play video games, you know, you could sleep because it's not going to be that it's like, it's, it's It's not going to be super gripping vulnerability, but, uh, you know, if you're listening and you're awake, you say, oh, okay, well, I don't play video games, but I could see that with this and, you know, I can relate. Yeah. Cause they don't want to exclude anybody. I mean, mostly be stories, but so. I wouldn't cla- like, I'm a, I have an addictive personality. You know, I'm, I got sober a couple of days over three years ago, three years and two days as I record this. Um, and I would never say I was a, a video game addict, but I'd say I definitely have uh, whatever that issue is. So, you know, that I have an addictive personality and I have like issues with delayed gratification and obsess- obsession and escape from anxiety and also control over creating my own anxiety and problems. like So that is all intertwined with video games. And um, at some point I kind of had to, like, uh, when the first Xbox came out, actually, I had to say, well, no. Like, and I was, I was in a relationship at the time, and I kind of knew, like, it was just this, this X, the original Xbox or the relationship. And then the Xbox 360 came out. And I think when that came out, I was in pretty bad straits financially too. So it was like, uh, like I knew it was just, uh, like, a like, a like I couldn't handle it. I, I was too obsessive about, uh, which I would get into. So it's been a while, like I own a Wii, which not the Wii U, the original Wii. And that one's tough to get obsessed about just because, uh, like, there's not super. I mean, I think there probably are some super immersive games that you could get lost in, but it's mostly like, you know, me and my daughter play it from Mario Kart or Lego based games or Wii, uh, Wii Sports. You know, Olymp- there's a couple fun Olympic games. Raving Rabbits is fun too. Actually, Raving Rabbits, those games are the best. I don't know. They probably have it for Xbox. So. And then I bought an original Xbox like a long time, maybe like six or seven years ago when the Xbox 360 was already out, maybe even when the new Xbox was coming out. But I bought it like modded, like with a hardware mod. I think just because they were so cheap, like I got one on Craigslist for like 20 bucks. Because I, like I said, well, I deserve I don't, I, I think I was going to use it to like uh, not watch TV anymore. Um, and just use it like for, like I thought, like you could do some basic smart TV functionality on old Xboxes, uh, via this, it, it was via this like media center kind of thing. Uh, but even then, when I got the Xbox, uh, I played it at like a decent amount, but I, I didn't like descend into it. I think maybe this was like three years before I started the podcast. I, I don't know why I didn't like, uh, like, it, I don't know, but, but it, it didn't become an issue for me. But, but I fear this new ex like, like, I fear it. I don't think it will become an issue, this new Xbox. So let me think about the time. We've got about 30 or 40 minutes. Um, I guess I could cover my, my childhood history with video games. And then, like, some of which I talked about. So I'll try not to overindulge in certain stuff. And then maybe talk about... My issues, uh, like addiction wise and obsession wise, and then my plan. There you go. That's kind of follows a nice structure. So, like, I've always been someone, even as a kid, who was obsessed with technology, and really, I'd like uh, technology and futurism and science fiction in computers in, you know, I don't, I never developed the, the positive side of computer skills that would actually, you know, that I'd be making money or applications or stuff, but I always was like, really thought computers were cool. And my parents sort of always, since they have six kids, they always tried to balance like affordability with trying to get their kids like exposed to technology And right around that time, the Atari 26, like, so I've been around long enough that there was this thing called the Atari 2600, which was, like, the first uh, console that, that, like, actually had some legitimacy to it. There was other competing ones in the years around that and a couple of new Ataris, but the 2600 was the main cartridge-based console, you know, until the original NES came out. So... We never had an Atari 2600. The kid across the street from me had it. And actually, it was pretty basic technology-wise. I mean, even for that time, it was pretty cutting-edge. But there was only so much you could do with the technology, so the games could get pretty repetitive and and irritating. Uh, But instead of buying an Atari 2600, my parents bought us a Texas Instruments computer, the TI-99-4A which was uh, actually like a brilliant move because the ti 94A was actually I don't know the specifications but it seemed to me more powerful than an Atari 2600 and it had uh like it had basically like similar arcade games and some of them were licensed like we had Donkey Kong uh then they had like generic versions of uh instead of Pac-Man They had their own Pac-Man. I don't know what they called it. And then instead of Space Invaders, they had uh, TI Invaders. They had a spelling and a typing game. Uh, They had a game. And then we had this game called Parsec, which I mentioned before, which was kind of like a space game, and it was awesome. Like, that was definitely, as far as I can remember, the best game we had. And really challenging and, and, and just a cool game. And I feel like we all, me and my siblings, like we played it and we, maybe we obsessed about it when it was new and then we would still play it pretty often or we'd get a new game. We didn't have a ton of games, but we definitely were lucky that we had them. And there was a couple text-based games we had. And then my mom even had like a, a more advanced game that you had to hook up a tape recorder to it because it didn't have a disc drive. And I remember Pit playing this one pirate uh, text-based game that was really cool. And so that was the TI ninety nine four A. And then the next thing to come along at our house, they, there's probably like uh, like computer was uh, like a computer, a CGA computer. I don't know what I think those were called ten forty fours. Maybe I don't know. It was like a PC clone. And with that is when I got into adventure games. So this would have been like middle school, like late grammar school and middle school, I'd say. And then even into early high school. And so mostly on that, I played adventure games by Sierra, uh, by Roberta. um, uh, How embarrassing. But games like Space Quest and King's Quest, Roberta Williams. And police quests like these uh, adventure games, and those were great, and those I would be obsessed with, like because with an adventure game you're trying to solve the puzzles and 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 get past things, and so I just usually keep playing the game until I beat beat beat, beat it, like finish the story, and I would definitely like lose like hours and hours, and you know lose sleep staying up and, and playing these games. But it also brought me a lot of joy, and it was like during the summer when, you know, like it brought me a lot of distraction. Uh, and then at the, the like, I think at some point in in middle school, I met a couple of other kids that like to play computer games, and we, we would play. My friend Charlie had this really sweet Apple II GS, so we would play games at his house, and uh, then we would go to the mall and we go to the arcade. Uh, but really for me, like playing video games when it was obsessive, it would be like a solitary, uh, experience of like just trying to get through the adventure games. Though my friends, Charlie and Pat, and sometimes our buddy Rick, we would play some of the like, I think space quest two and I don't know if they had space quest three, but we played that together and just uh, like as a team and like, uh. I think we played it for like 4 or 5 days straight and tried to, you know, conquer that game. Uh then the, like that's when the Sega Genesis and the uh, Nintendo original NES came out and and that like would be that's a whole different story for another day. Uh but with the NES that's when I became like obsessed. Like I could just play all night. Or, you know, people would tell me things and I wouldn't hear them. I'd confirm, you know, just like you, like a lot of people like, uh, get into the zone and it would cause me mood swings or I'd be, you know, like I wouldn't share, you know, the video games with my siblings and that became an issue. And it's a story for another time, but at some point, you know, we just like, I think we only had a Nintendo, we had the Nintendo the year after it came out at my house with six kids and we had it for about a month and then it was uh it went went away because we couldn't handle it like i wasn't the only one obsessed with it and then uh i think after that i discovered like uh probably played a little bit more video games but then like once then like i got to like you know was 16 i i didn't play like i probably played them yeah, I don't know if I had, like, a time when I wasn't playing video games. But, you know, I discovered alcohol, so that could fill some of the uh, the void inside of me or whatever. The anxiety that I was trying to escape into the video games for, that helped smooth that out. I mean, it didn't work long-term, but, you know, at the time. So then, I it, like, let's see, I went to college and played some video games and computer games in college. Sometimes obsessively, but never, like I never had a computer of my own then. So it was like usually in one of my roommate's computers or something. So years went by and then at some point, like I live in California. I mean, I thought this would take, I guess maybe I'll see what comes up. But then at some point, like I got a computer, like a decent computer, like in the like early aughts probably like around the time, like Half-Life, uh, like uh, that period of time. I don't know. For gamers, you'd be like, okay, um, like Duke Nukem. I didn't really play Somebody gave that to me. But like uh, these immersive, these very immersive games, and that's when it was like, a, and I had a combination of drinking and playing these games. Oh, and StarCraft. I, I can't forget about StarCraft. There's probably other games that have come up too. But yeah, like where I would like, uh, like play these games on the computer, whether it was uh, Starcraft or uh, Half Life or something else. And like I would lose, like I could lose days. Like, uh, I mean, I would probably sleep at some point, and sometimes I wouldn't be drinking, but as soon as it like got appropriate. Like, I would be like, like, I had like video games and alcohol were very co- closely combined for me. And I think at the time, like, I'd chosen, like, i uh, it made, like, I guess this ties in too. Like, I'd made some poor choices as far as like out, out of fear. Like, I had started this furniture business. Like, I'd got it. Like, I would uh, say, I'd moved to California or moved to North, Northern California. I was living with my girlfriend at the time. And at first I was, um, temping and then I got a, like a decent job installing ergonomic workstations, but I was like frozen with fear. Like, I mean, I was going through like a pretty deep depression too at the time, but, um, like I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't know like what I should do next. And I had a job that was probably paying me. Uh, like, like $15 an hour or something, which at the time, like, uh, it'd be a long time till I made that money again, ironically enough. But, and it was just like, uh, it was a decent, decent enough job. And then I got this opportunity to like start this furniture business. And it was like directly selling furniture, like, uh, like, uh, I don't know. I got into it cause someone was like, oh, this is a great opportunity for you. And, and, you know, they, they, they were close to somebody I knew and they were like, this would be the easiest. And, and I always wanted to be a writer or like, like write movies or TV shows or do something creative, like, like the podcast. And they had all like said, well, this furniture business, this is perfect because it's like, it'd be like, uh, like it'd be easy money. That, that was the thing. And it was like, you, you know, like you just sell this furniture, Furniture sells itself, and it's your own business, so you set your own hours. But I never was into selling things, and I was never comfortable. And I'm not driven by money. I mean, I need money and stuff like that, but like the whole idea of like trying to get someone to buy something, and then negotiating, and then like being like, "Well, I got to get up today and get the like." I'm more motivated by fear than uh than money. At the time, I definitely was. And it wasn't fulfilling for me. Not that it couldn't be for some someone, because it's like, oh, geez, you're getting people these really nice uh, things. You know, it, it was like, but it just wasn't for me. And I was so unhappy and so lost. And, and I like I was just in this place of like uh, convincing myself that this like that I could be happy in it if I could like just do, you know do fix the right parts of myself. You know or make the right adjustments so, you know it's like the old square peg and round hole thing when really you just gotta be like well this peg doesn't fit in this hole like the whole time I got was like this is a bad idea and to show how stubborn I was I like stuck it out for like six years and like ended up like like in bankruptcy like like it did not end well and I think it also like it ended up in like uh like financial and internal bankruptcy like uh but in, in, in the ashes, the phoenix does rise. Uh, so, you know, it's, not a, it's a story of hope. Uh, but, you know, with these periods where the lights are out. Uh, so w- when I was getting re-obsessed with video games was during this period where I was like in this, I was depressed and I was afraid and I was like uh, burrowing deeper down the wrong hole. And so, uh, like, alcohol and video games became this, like, dual place for me to escape. And, uh, and what was weird, or what's kind of like, when you look back at it, even at the time I knew this was happening, is it also is, like, uh, uh, I mean, I think this is, like, gets into this, like, like Freudian stuff of, like, uh, it also created anxiety. It was, like, a way for me to escape anxiety, I thought uh but by only by 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 controlling my anxiety by creating being the master of my own destruction in some sense or slow descent uh because one you, if you're in a relationship with someone and you're like playing a lot of video games i mean i would normally play it at night or like try to convince myself oh well she's watching this movie i'll play this video game or while she's asleep i'll play this video game and drinking too much as any or, or as any addict might know you know, like the, the, being addicted to something creates a lot of anxiety and, and a lot of uh makes you living your life a lot more difficult. I mean, eventually, like I realize, oh wait, no, it's making my life impossible. But it takes a while to realize this kind of stuff. Uh, but so um, where was so like I was escaping through Half Life or, or Starcraft, and actually, I don't have. I guess, like, StarCraft I have positive memories of. So maybe, but but Half-Life, I guess I kind of think of that, and I really associate it with being down and lost. I mean, maybe because of the theme of the game, too. Or maybe it's just because StarCraft's kind of easier. Like, StarCraft's more compartmentalized, where you kind of, uh, like, StarCraft is a game kind of like Risk, but in space, is the best way I'd describe it. Way more advanced than that and way more interesting, but, like, uh, like, it's more contained, so it'd be like, oh, I'll just do this one, you know, uh, play this one game, it was, like, packaged into games, and then I'll stop, but, but like, uh, Half-Life was kind of like an adventure game where you're adventuring in this, and going to other, at some point you went to other planets, but you're mostly investigating, um, uh, this place used to work. Uh, you're just, you know, going around and checking it out. And um, I don't know. But so, what was my point? So it was a dark time for me. But I guess, like, uh, uh, I don't know. It's t- Like, I can't. I guess I try to look at, back at it neutrally, too, to be like, geez, did the video games, I don't know. It just became, at some point, like, it became like like I wasn't present. I, was, I wasn't doing a great job in the relationship I was in. And I was still like an it, it, like addicted to alcohol, so I wasn't about to stop drinking. And I said, "Well, geez, if I stop playing, if I get get off of video games, uh, if I get off of games, maybe that'll solve my problems because I'm having like every like every step I take, I take step five steps backwards." And part of that was in the truth, I was, like, I can't control myself like with these games and. uh, like, I'll stay up all night and, and, or stay up to like five in the morning playing and then try to get some sleep and then, you know, uh, obsessively play and then eight hours would go by and then have gotten nothing done or wh- whatever. It was, it was like I couldn't control myself. And, uh, and I believe it, I was like trying to, to take care like, I was trying to deal with these issues. And I mean, I think in reality, my biggest issue was alcohol, not video games. Uh, but like, uh, I had to—you know—we have to walk the path, and the, like or uh, whatever. I mean, in this case, that was what I had to do: was walk this path. And I think I like part of it was like, well, I'm just going to camp here, and it's like we only took two steps, and it's like, but but uh, you're you're out there, and you're 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 going somewhere. You're, like at the time, I just didn't know it, or I didn't, and I didn't know how lost I was. But so at some point in there, I said, okay, I can't play these games. It's clear I can't handle this. Definitely can't buy an Xbox or Xbox 360. And I think I'd banned myself from buying games but, but for the PC. But of course, you know, people give them to you. Like when you're at their house, they say, oh, like you play games? Like I, I remember like one of the last games I got was, uh, what I say was that, uh, Not Duke Nukem, maybe it was, it was this guy, it was something else, it was like kind of silly, I don't know, it it was like, it it was a, I don't know what the name of the game was, but uh, I think they tried to make it into a movie and they even tried to make a reboot, so maybe that was, I don't think it was, I think it was something else, but I can't remember. In that game, like it was really challenging and over the top, so then, but that was the last one I played for a while. Or, I guess when I say while, I mean like until, like, uh, like I kind of explained on the setup. So then, you know, I didn't play, like, I just avoided it, like, for a while. And then eventually, like, the furniture business, like, died on its own. Like, it got to, like, things got so, like, so bad, it became undeniable that, uh, Jesus isn't working out. Uh, financially, like it was like, well, there's no, like, this is like losing, losing, losing money and, uh, like I'm either, I'm going to go down with this ship or I'm going to get off and admit defeat. And it was very liberating. I think it probably took like four years. So I still held on. I mean, I guess this is like where you're like, man, sometimes time flies when you're checked out, like because I held on for four or five years too long. I mean, I knew within a couple of weeks it was a bad idea, and I did it for six years. And I share that uh, for those of you that can relate to it wherever you are on that, Um, because I think in some sense I had to do that. Uh, I mean, if I was taking my compassionate and empathetic self and visiting myself in the past... I mean, I, I don't think I, you can't change the past. So I'd say, wow, this is a tough journey for you, little Andy. And you're just in the middle of it, and I wish uh, you know, I could give you the power to to, to listen to your gut and step away from this or to say this isn't working, or to tell the people, you know, that you felt obligated to. said, I don't this isn't this isn't a good opportunity for me or whatever. You know, but now I just carry, have to carry it forward. That was something I had to go through. And it doesn't like I mean, it's like a deeply, I have a lot of feelings about it, I guess is what I'm saying. But if you're in the middle of something like that, um, it's tough. I know it's tough. And I mean, it's part of what drives me to keep making this podcast, but it's also where this podcast has come from. And uh, it also helps me inform my decision-making now. And sometimes I make good choices. and sometimes I make wrong choices. Uh, but even when I started the podcast, it was a matter of like setting points for me. Like, uh, and it's important for me now to like uh, have, uh, have spots where I stop and reflect and discern, is this the right thing for me? And should I keep doing it so I don't repeat the mistakes of the past? Or am I acting out of fear? or anxiety or depression or am I acting? and then also I I get I have help uh, professional help that I use or groups you know around addiction that I use and people outside of myself that I talk to or even now I mean away from uh, like uh, I think that's one thing that people like uh like everyone's so busy about networking, but it's like connecting with people and just asking, geez, I, I'm going through this. What do you think?" Uh, and then having them give you their perspective, whether wherever they are on their progress, whether it's making podcasts or or whatever. Uh, so, like, so I stopped playing video games, probably or games for a while. Um, I don't know how many years, and then uh, my daughter came. We had my daughter. And then I think it was like after she was born, um, at some point I was like, well, I think the Wii had been out for a year or two, and I think like I was like, Jesus, that seems like a less intense thing from what I could tell about the Wii, and my wife at the time, I said, well, shoot, we could probably play it together, and it seems more fun, and maybe I wouldn't be crazy about it, and that ended up being true, like, well, no, 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 actually, Ended up being kind of true. I think there was times uh, I did uh, like uh, play play that thing when it first when you first get a game. I think that when you know you're obsessive when you say, "Well, uh, like if I was on vacation, I would definitely play that thing for till like four in the morning, uh, obsessively, and then pounding drinks and stuff like that." Uh, but I guess like the games would like. Uh, the games, it just had less of repeatability, or they were just less like, uh, like playing like Olympic games. Once you figure out how to, like, you kind of get burned out uh, of the futility, where you figure it out. Instead of being like adventure based or quest based or campaign based, where you're trying to accomplish all these goals, and there's a lot to accomplish, and in the back of my mind, even right now, I'm like, when am I going to get back to that game? that I've been playing on this Xbox or the, the games, you know, but the, we didn't become an issue for me. And then even at some point, not that long, maybe two or two years ago, I started buying games on eBay for me and my daughter to play together. And I even tried a couple other games, like no more heroes, which was pretty fun, but I never got like totally where I couldn't stop playing. And then at some point, I got, like three years ago, I got sober, I stopped drinking, and uh, and I had the Xbox before that, too, the original Xbox. But again, I didn't get too lost in that. I mean, I probably stayed up some nights, but it would only be... It would be on the weekend, like where in the past, it would be like on a work night, you can't be staying up till four or five in the morning playing a freaking video game. And I was single, so it was like... Uh, like, it would be the nights my daughter wasn't with me, so... I mean, it takes some nuance to say that's less sad, but it is like when it's, when it's like, okay, well, this is just, uh, but so whatever, like in the past few years, like I've gotten come to grips with, uh, uh some of my shortcomings and taken more and more steps to, to, to grapple with those things. And one thing the po- podcast has taught me more so than, uh, sobriety, but I wouldn't have learned it is like, that all of this is processed and based or journey based or whatever, I don't know. And and I I am one that I'm thirsty for outcomes and certainty. And and so I can understand. I mean, maybe that's why I like video games, like uh, or games, like. But yeah, like when it comes to all this stuff, it's like, geez, I just want to know that everything's gonna not be okay or okay. I don't care which one. I just want to know definitely. You know, is this is this going to happen, or is it, is it going to be bad, or is it going to be perfect? Uh, but now, like the podcast has taught me, oh no, there isn't. Like maybe there aren't. Like you can have goals, and you can be headed to a destination. I mean, but making a podcast three three days a week is a it's a journey, uh, and it can sometimes the journey can be a slog. And but it's like you're building the train as the train is moving. I mean, I guess like Snowpiercer, like the first, whoever built the tracks, if the train was already going, like where the train's circling the globe. So you got to keep putting the track down or maybe the track repair. They didn't have that in the movie, but, uh, but, you know, like looking at like this podcast, I have goals and I have, I have new ideas to test out, like I said, with this Twitch idea. But anytime I get caught up in getting certainty or being like, okay, well, I have to accomplish this. Usually, uh, like, those are, can be good things and they can be, gu- I think it's guideposts is a better way to look at it. Or uh, stops or, or places you're headed, destinations versus, uh, what's the difference between a destination, like, where, stopovers, I don't know, like. I don't know, I'm seeing life way more as a process-based thing than a results-based thing. I guess because in the great, I heard this when Craig Mazin and John August talked about it, and I was literally quoting them last night to somebody. Like, Craig, they were talking about, like, like they do a podcast, Script Notes, uh, things interesting to screenwriters, screenwriting and things interesting to screenwriters, But, you know, so they give a lot of letters about, geez, what's it like? How am I going to know if I'm going to make it? Or what do I need to do to make it as a screenwriter? Or, you know, stuff around that. And Craig was very adamant about this in such a wonderful way. He said, you know, when you make it, and John was kind of backing him up and using examples, if you make it as a screenwriter, they were saying to their audience, when you make it, it's going to be nothing like you imagine it is. And they're saying, you know, not in a good way or a bad way. It'll just be nothing like what you think it's going to be like. And maybe to kind of prepare yourself for that, or if you're in the process of making it, to know that that's true. And especially if you're writing screenplays, you're creating fiction. You know, what you think it's going to be like when you make it, it's a fiction that you've kind of created a fictional destination for yourself. And the real destination, well, one, it's not a destination at all. It's like a place you're traveling through or along, or the vehicle you're traveling. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it's going to be so much different. And part of it might be more wonderful, and part of it might be, you know, just different. And part of it might not be as good. I, I don't know where, where I was saying about that, uh, but that just—it's a destination thing, I guess, this is my point. Versus a process-based thing. What does this have to do with video games? Well, now I'm in the process of grappling with this in all honesty. This desire and just obsessively polite to be like, okay, I got to get past this next campaign level here. Or, I don't know, it brings me some sort of visceral pleasure, but I think it's also like a visceral pleasure based in some kind of pain for me. Um... Like a like like uh like a toothache, and when you like kind of move your tooth when a tooth aches, like video gaming for me is a bit like that. And uh, not all like that's just one of the shades in there for me. And so now I'm faced with this thing, and ideally I'll have these times I play with my daughter and we share that together, and then I say, geez, well maybe." Like if I'm gonna have this thing and I wanna use it, like maybe one way I can use it is, is to promote the podcast or to expose the podcast to a new audience. because uh, that's something we need to, you know, keep doing and this is a this is a new way to do it. And it's also a new channel, it's like, could I creatively game and l- like use the lowing soothing tones? Uh, but then for me, and I guess this is good in the journey sense, and the data collection sense, is can I say no? Can I, am I at a point in my life now where I can control myself? Like, can, can I stop myself? Can, can I stop and go to bed? Can I get my podcast work done and then play and then also stop myself? Because otherwise I'd just play till two or three in the morning. I mean, also, how tied is this to, 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 for me, to my addictions? I don't know if it's, it's just parallel. Maybe it's just parallel or not. Like we will see. I mean, I think I've been, you know, I've had it for a few days, you know, cause I got it set up for Christmas and I, man- I managed to, you know, get, get, get to bed both nights and. So I said, well, and can I come up with mechanisms say, well, you know, if you clean for 15 minutes, you could, like, the, the, I mean, I do need to treat myself like a child. And I think I will need to, like, impose, limit, like, uh, limits on myself because I can't, I do have behavior control with issues with my behavior and my obsessive nature and my need for gratification and escape and avoidance of pain. But can they be a good thing? Like, this is, this is this, for me, this is the stuff of my life. And these pixels and bits are part of what make it up. And I guess it's exciting in some sense. Like, geez, I, could, I have these new treasured memories I can form. I have this new creative test I can do. And wow, can I come to grips with some of my limitations and... And manage them and say, okay, well, yeah, if you clean for fifteen minutes, you could play the Xbox for fifteen minutes later. Um, like, can I parent myself? And I guess can can I do it with dignity and respect? And then maybe even bigger than that is, can I have fun? Uh, instead of being this thing that's a toothache, a pleasurable toothache, can this be a, a form of fun recreation? Or can I do it with other people? Instead of isolating myself uh, and obsessively completing these conquests or whatever. And these are open-ended questions on the journey I'm on, I guess, which is what's interesting. And I think, like, by the time you hear this, I don't know, I'm pretty confident. I mean, I have a lot more to lose uh, after these three years of uh, working on the podcast uh, and uh, maintaining my sobriety. And being, you know, doing my best to be a good parent, uh, and, and then a good podcast host, like, and build community around the show. Like, if I was to vanish, you know, uh, into the video games for like eight hours a day, you know, I couldn't maintain those commitments that bring me so much, you know, that give my life meaning. But learning about ourselves and, I don't know, like, like, I guess, like, that's it, for me. It's like, wow, like, uh, <laughs> this, this is complicated. It's about life; is both like simple and complicated, right? And it's like, it's a, par- it's very paradoxical. But it's like, how much pleasure can I derive from parenting myself and and, 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 uh, and expanding outside my comfort zone? And I guess, like, being a grown up for me, that's always been a hard thing. And I think this is, like, an overplayed thing because— but I think it's overplayed because a lot of adults, a lot of males my age and uh, in my age range, we struggle with it. And I don't know if that's been a historical thing or it's just a generational thing. But it's nothing to be ashamed of. It it is, like, I don't know. It's so much better when we can take a curious eye and, uh, investigate and delve into it. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, um, I guess this was really deeper than I thought it would be. I was like, thought I'd just uh, talk about games. Uh, but really I was talking about like, I mean, maybe you got to know me a little bit better and, uh, you know, I hope it was, if you, if you're with me here that, uh, you know, put you at ease, uh, like, uh, like hearing about my journey and that a lot of time I'm lost on it. And I don't know when people share with me, they're uh, like, I, I can't go too deep into my deep Derek moments, you know, because this is a silly podcast, but when you share yours with me, uh, it does soften me on my view back at my time and say, wow. Like, and when I say I've been there, I've been there in the deep, dark night and not known because it's pitch dark, which way to go and, you know, been afraid and wanted to, you know, and, and not even wanted to, I just said, well, I'll just stay right where I am then. But even then you're moving somehow, you're, you know, you're like, maybe that's the force of evolution within us or the power of life or the power of spirit or whatever you want to call it, the force. And it's in you, too. And even if I've never heard from you, and I mean this, I can feel it. It can feel that we have some kind of connection. And I'm glad we do. And I appreciate you listening to this show. And I want to wish you a good night. Thanks.